Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Welcome back to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe. Wait a minute, that's not right. Um I I'm Big Head Joe. You're uh, who, are, who are you? Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm Lawson Zandy. Lawson Zandy! Lawson Zandy's on the show. Joe is sick. Uh Joey is sick. I'm not sick. I'm sick, but I'm not sick. Uh Joey is sick. Uh, Lawson was going to guest on the show this week anyway, so we figured we'd give Joey a chance to rest his throat and um, hopefully not die of the coronavirus. And then, uh, you know, he'll be back in two weeks. But for now, we got Perfect. some stuff on the menu today. Uh, we're going to talk about Worlds because that just happened. Uh, we're going to talk we're going to talk a little bit about this event that I played in on Saturday uh, at Common Ground Games, which was like a standard event, but it was also like a World's Watch party, which was actually really cool. Um, and then uh, we're going to discuss Pioneer because Lawson is a big fan of the uh, Niv to Light Pioneer deck, so I wanted to bring him on to talk a little bit about that. And also is uh, involved in the Hunter Burton Memorial Open and I wanted to discuss that event, which is coming up in March. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we can get started with Worlds here. First of all, uh, congratulations to Paulo Vitor Damodarosa for winning it all. Um, I guess I guess this is his first World Championship victory. I yep. um, I'm not too caught up on everybody's like. Yeah, this is PV's first stats. one. That's sweet, though. It's, it's sweet. Won I mean, everything I guess, else. Right, I, I figured I'm like, what? He hadn't won one of those yet. Like, I figure he won everything else. So, um, so yeah, so he took it down. Um, I don't know how these uh, double elimination brackets work, but actually, um, I did have a really great um, uh, Jeff Foster, uh, who's an old friend back east, uh, actually made a post on Facebook, and it was. Like the best, so you know, I keep going. Oh, I don't understand how this works. I don't understand how this works. And he explained it so easily and like so like concisely and perfectly that I thought it was just great. So he says, "Best of five matches with the upper bracket getting a free win is difficult to explain, but a great way to determine the world champion." And I was just like, "When you say it like that, it makes perfect sense." So it's a best huh. of five match, but. The upper bracket person starts with a win. So that's all it is. That's all it is. Hmm. That is 
all double uh, or the um, yeah, yeah, know, it is what it the, is. That's great. That's actually. how it works. So that's like the easiest way I've ever heard that explained. So there you go. I mean, I know there's like a little more to it, but for that particular thing with the best of five, you know, that player has to win two matches because it's a best hmm. of five where they started with a win. There you go. Done. So anyway, <laughs> um, so Paulo won, and uh, and again, I don't even know how this uh, even works. Mm-hmm. How does this work? Okay, there we go. Top eight. There we go. I was like trying to look at this bracket here. Okay, so it was um, uh, Paulo versus uh, Mar- Marcio Marcio Carvalho. Um, and, uh, Paulo won two and Marcio won one. So I'm guessing that Paulo was upper bracket. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Paulo was upper bracket. Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes sense. Why again, why Paulo would only need to win two matches, uh, or two games. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Seth Manfield made it to the semifinals who I have a one Oh record against lifetime. Just, just want to put that out there again. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but it was a great showing by Seth. Um, Seth has mm-hmm. been, you know, one of the best players in the world since, uh, I mean, since that win, frankly, I mean, because that was, that was my for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first PTQ <laughs> uh, in DC and it was like extended and I was playing some terrible deck and he was playing some like real deck and I somehow sure. managed That's to usually how it works. win. Yeah. And he was like not happy about it. And I was like, super happy about it because i was like oh that guy was serious oh, no. and i beat him uh, so but yeah obviously uh i think he would get that win back uh in decisive fashion mm-hmm. if we were to ever uh face off again um no take backs <laughs> right it's exactly right you can't you can't change the record uh so um paulo one of the things i wanted to point out was that I didn't watch too much of this event this weekend. I had to work, and mm-hmm. like, uh, and, I, and actually, I was at a tournament where we were watching the event, so I did get to watch some of it. But that was the only chance I actually had to watch. Um, while we were there, mm-hmm. Paulo, uh, I saw Paulo in a limited event um, in the limited portion, and oh my god! I mean, I swear this was like the best. This is one of the most amazing comebacks I've ever seen. So, like, I get done my round. I go next door to the uh, to the comic book shop. I come back, and I look at the screen. Paulo's at one life, right? Okay. His opponent's at 23. <laughs> His opponent has, like, they both have pretty clogged up board state. His opponent has two flyers, and he has the liar that taps down a creature, and the three three um, flyer for the, mon- the the white devotion flyer. The, the, yeah, the white one. Yeah. So he's got that. So he's got a way to hold him off. But uh, but I mean, obviously, one creature, you know, extra, yeah. and uh, the player I forget who he was playing against, but they win one more one more creature extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watch Paulo. He drops the. Um, the devotion uh, white creature that makes tokens for white. Oh yeah, the, devotion to the white. one two for five. Whatever it's called, yeah, it's five yeah. mana. So he plays that. He gets eight tokens, right? Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then um, the next turn, he uses his liar to tap down something else, and then uses wrap and flame. To make the other three blockers 
you know, neutralize the other three mm-hmm. blockers, and then swings team and uses that spell that gives plus two, plus one to one creature, and plus one, plus one to everything else. <laughs> he, I think he had, he did like Chef a kiss. small attack the turn before that got his opponent down to like uh, eighteen life or something, but. That swing mm-hmm. took his opponent to negative eleven, and and he still you know sat at one life. So that wow, lie was really powerful. That card is yeah, it's good. It's I mean it's good. Um, but yeah, I mean it only hits one thing, and when your board's like that, you know there's only so much you can do. But having that extra turn to tap down one extra thing, wrap. Mm-hmm. If, I mean he didn't even need to use the liar again. He was just mm-hmm. covering all his bases. His yeah. opponent was drawing dead. That was the thing. His opponent had like land, land in hand. So there was nothing they mm-hmm. could do. Um, they weren't they weren't advancing their board state, but they were obviously in a very good position. But mm-hmm. this is just this just shows you that you should never never scoop until mm-hmm. you know until it's like just obvious. You know, like yeah. if it was just they have all the creatures, I don't have the answer. They're gonna probably swing and kill me. You know, I don't know. I mean, well, wait till the swing important. happens. Important. To know that the like the especially in limited, like board state is so important and to an extent your life total almost doesn't matter once you have the board controlled. One is right. definitely the worst case scenario, but you know <laughs> you can get out of it. Yeah. True. It's very true. Um and and, and Paulo showed that and, and I, when I saw that happen, I was like, Oh, Paulo's gonna win this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was just yeah. like, Wow, that was just like that was masterful play. Like that was a situation that, like, I don't know, eight out of ten of us would have just kind of went, you know what? I don't got this one. You know, like, yeah. okay, all right, I get it, I get it. I'm at one, I get it. Nope, nope. Paulo stabilized. Paulo came back. Paulo won, and obviously won the whole thing. So that's pretty yeah. sweet. Paulo, Paulo's um, a monster, and his deck was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and his standard deck here. Uh, look, I'm looking at this deck. I, I didn't get to see him play standard, mm-hmm. but uh, three copies of Elspeth Conquer's deck in the World Champions uh, deck list. There you go, Josh Clater. Your investment has paid off. <laughs> Josh was all like, like down on himself because he had bought a whole bunch of Elspeth Conquer's death. He's like, oh, what a mm-hmm. stupid idea. And like, Card's look great. at that. Look at that. Card's great. Three of. Yup. So there you go. Pretty good. Nice job, man. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I so yeah, some blue white control, obviously a big deck in the format. Um, mm-hmm. what else we got? I mean, so we had uh, the Jeskai Fires, Mono Red Aggro, Team Reclamation, and one random uh, it was Jun Sacrifice, right? Was that yeah. the other deck? Yeah, Jun Sacrifice from Canister. That's right, Canister playing Jun Sacrifice, trying to trying um, to run it back because he, <laughs> no he won a big MC earlier this year off of Jun Sacrifice. Right, right. Um, yeah. I think that deck's cool. I, I still haven't picked up the mm-hmm. uh, the dragons to make it work, but I've got most of the other the stuff. Bulb, yeah. Yeah. I need to get some. They, they, they own, they're only foil, right? Or have I, have I have seen some non-foil ones listed so on, like... You can you can get the foil one from the Brawl deck, and right. then they were also in the... Um, collector's boosters, I think. That's what it was. Okay. And, and I think the non-foil ones are, like, twice as expensive as the foil ones. They're, like, a little more. They're, they're much more rare. 
Right. They're a little more. I think it's like 10 mm-hmm. versus 8, basically, on that, okay. unless it, unless that's changed. I think last time I looked at it, there were a few bucks more expensive, mm-hmm. and I was curious why that was. I, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so nothing nothing really new with the mono-red aggro lists. Um, well, so, so if we're going to talk about mono-red, Seth Manfield, this guy was – Great. Seth Seth ends up coming in third at this event, Um, but his red deck has no burn spells in it, which is wild. Yeah, just like came came to the event with the the knowledge of what does a shock kill in this format? So he's he's got no shocks in his deck. He's just a bunch of red creatures and his his deck list plays plays pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks awesome. I mean, that that, that is just super effective mm-hmm. swinging. Better get that Shatter the Sky. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, even if you get the Shatter the Sky, though, Annex like, yeah. shuts that down, which is just so cool. I love this card so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact that that card allowed people to shift away from, like, the, the Rakdos into, like, a straight mono mm-hmm. red, you know, because it basically plays the same as the, uh, as the big dinosaur. And it's um, really hard to play against. Like... You know, you typically you would want to wrath them after they go one drop, two drop, three drop. But right. if you That's play wrath after they play annex, like okay, cool, I get four tokens, and then on my turn I play my fourth land, I play Torben, and I attack for twelve, and uh, <laughs> oh, you're still dead. And you know, okay, then you don't wrath. Well, I attack with this annex, and I put an Ember Cleave on it, and it's uh, still twelve damage. Wow, that's uh, hmm, how strange. Right, like, right. You're gonna need a you're gonna need a Xanax oof. after having to play against Anax. Um, yeah. Yes, I did. I did go there. Um, so uh, <laughs> that so that was sweet. But yeah, I actually there's a really great article on uh, cool stuff um, by Jim okay. Davis, and mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to briefly talk about a concept in it because I just thought it was a really like a good thing to keep in mind when you're looking at tournament results like this you know i mean Mm -hmm. obviously good cards are good you know and good decks are good but sleeving up (laughs) i'm just saying yeah yeah uh food tastes good um sleeving up seth manfield's mono red aggro uh list like card for card and expecting to like 4-0 your fnm isn't as realistic as it seems you know Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that um that Jim Davis talks about in his article is that, you know, you really have to adapt your decks to the local metagame. You know, shock is mm-hmm. good at FNM, like just point blank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. shock is good. Kills you probably things. want, yeah, you know what I mean? You probably want four copies of shock um, in your main deck at FNM because people like to play aggro decks. You know, you, you mm-hmm. don't have the deck lists in advance, so you can't mm-hmm. just go, nobody's playing, uh, you know, everybody, like half the field is, is blue, white, half the field is, uh, you know, something else that, you know, this card isn't good Fires, against. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you can't, you can't just assume mm. that, um, you do, obviously people are going to be playing those decks too, because they saw the world championships as well. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not everyone, you know, every single yeah, person people will isn't play going the to adventures decks. They'll, they'll play right. everything else. Exactly. So, so I just thought, and again, like, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I just wanted to kind of mention that and how mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's a really good point, you know, just because the deck won an event doesn't mean you can just sleeve it up perfectly, 
you know exactly as it's as it's written and 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 do well with it as well and and you shouldn't be surprised by that um well and the thing that they said in the in the event um seth manfield when he was you know interviewed about his necklace selection um one of the things that he had brought up was the fact that uh, or if it wasn't him it was someone talking about the deck for him but how um, choosing red was because, you know, these are the best players in the world. And he didn't feel like like he was, he was going to get any real advantage from playing one of the super smart decks. So playing something quick and linear and just going, hey, I got thing A and thing B and I hope that's good enough. Um, right. You know, so even deck list uh, consideration, not card selection, was something that was taken into account for this event, which everyone should be doing. Definitely, definitely. You know, know know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. You know, know know the event. Know, get have an idea of what you expect to see there and build your deck accordingly. I mean, like yeah. especially when it comes to like sideboarding. You know, a little oh, yeah. scouting never killed anybody. You know what I mean? Walk around mm-hmm. the room, kind of read the room, see what people are on. People have their people have their decks out. They're writing mm-hmm. up deck lists. They're doing stuff. And there's no there's no rule against it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not. You know, don't go crazy with it. But you can do that if you're having. If there's ever like some indecision on like a sideboard slot or like a main deck slot, do a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. You know, even and I personally I don't like it. Like I personally don't like that kind of thing. But yeah. if it's the difference between, you know, having twelve cards in your sideboard you're confident in and having fifteen cards in your sideboard you're confident in, it yeah. doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. You know, take a look take a walk around. Take make a make a lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what am I saying here? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So, so I'll, I'll put a link to this this uh, article in the show notes. Um, and I, I wanted to transition into um, what I'm what I did on Saturday because I kind of was at a crossroads where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play Saturday at this little. It's like it, so it was like a competitive REL event. Okay. But it was somewhat low stakes. So it was a World Championship watch party. So Common Ground Games had this event where, first of all, it was 10 bucks to sign up. So it was pretty sure. cheap. Sure. Um, you you play standard. It's Swiss rounds, no cut, uh, based on attendance. And then the top 16 gets a foil alt art Crucible of Worlds. Beautiful. And uh, – and, the event was set up where you get a pack per round played and a pack per win. Cool, I like that. So I got so yeah, so it was like such a like such a low stakes. Everybody's going to get a little something, just mm-hmm. a fun, casual, but also competitive event. It was really neat balance of sure. the two, um, and I liked it because um, uh, John Trout, who's one of the judges at Common Ground Games. He runs a uh, magic club at his school where he works, mm-hmm. and also runs like a like a summer camp for magic. Um, yeah, John's great. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, I know you know John. I know you know yeah. he's great. But uh, I don't think every every single person. He's not a household name yet. They should. But we're working on should. it. We're working on it. So uh, so he's great. But anyway, a lot of his kids, and they're all middle school age. A lot of mm-hmm. his kids, like I'd say about a half dozen of them, were there playing in the event. So it was a really cool 
like, because he spent a lot of time explaining what competitive REL meant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He really spent the time, and I could see, like, some of the more, like, serious magic bros kind of shifting in their seats, like, all right, let's get on with it. I want to win some matches. Um, you know, I could see that happening, but he really took the time to explain what that meant and explain, like, here are the rules. Here's where it's different. And I thought it was really cool to kind of have that learning experience for those kids. And it was probably mm-hmm. the first competitive REL event, like, I would say 80% of them had played in, you Perfect. know? So super cool. Um, but anyway, uh, so they so that was, that was the deal. And, okay, 21 people showed up. Pretty good chance you're going to get a Crucible of Worlds, right? I mean, it was just <laughs> – first of all, I know they probably wish they had – uh, better attendance. I wish they had better attendance, but I, yeah. it was about where I expected it to be. You know what I mean? I expected that most of the people would be getting um, a crucible. Um, but anyway, uh, the night before, I was looking at lists and I was looking literally at this world championship deck list page, and I was kind of going, "I could play that. I could play that. I've got real cards. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got stuff. Yeah. I, I, you know, I got a little bit of a collection going now." Uh, thanks to our sponsor, uh, CoolStuffInc.com. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, so I was like, you know, looking at these lists and trying to decide, and I just decided that all of the lists were boring, and I didn't want to play them. I wanted to play something stupid and fun, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go rogue. I wanted to enjoy myself because, like I said, I predicted that, it was going to be a pretty good chance of, of getting a Crucible of Worlds, which was the big prize anyway. And then mm-hmm. you got to just sit down for five rounds and you get five packs. So, like, the you know, in terms of, like, value, which I know everybody's so concerned with value, yeah. um, it was there. You know, it was there. It was uh, relatively uh, painless to achieve value. So I assumed all I had to do was rattle off a win or two. Like two wins would have probably got me in the top sixteen, and would have got me, um, you know, a crucible of worlds. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, I spoiler warning: I did make top sixteen, Perfect. and I did get a crucible, and I already sold it for sixty bucks. So Ooh. that's some good value right there for a tournament. So anyway, the deck I decided to go with for this event was mono black devotion. So. <laughs> You want to guess? So Get I did with the not Gary. look at any lists, huh? Get him with the Gary. Gary, the I, I wanted merchants. to play Gray Merchant. Oh. I, I just wanted to cast Gray Merchants because, um, you know, I loved this deck when it was in standard before. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to cast Gray Merchants and Gray Merchant people out. Um, so I want you to guess this deck list because oh. – <laughs> Yeah, just go oh. ahead. Go ahead. So standard's not my format. Um, okay, but I, I want there I want there to be underworld connections. <laughs> uh, underworld connections, right? No, no, there was no not, underworld connections. Not that devoted. Oh. Okay, well that then you're going to need to give it to. Me. This is standard. We're talking standard here. Yeah, no standard. Uh, underworld connections is in or not? Are you think? What am I thinking of? Dreams. The underworld dreams. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, underworld dreams. Okay, so so uh, four copies in the sideboard. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, that's the only one I wanted there to be. Um, okay. Uh, Full set in the 75. Wish, yes, indeed. I wish I knew more 
Um, that's okay. That's okay. You don't need, you don't need to keep guess. So, so I'll read you the list real quick. So I had four gutter bones, four Knight of good. the Ebon Legion, um, four Timurit chosen from death. That card's um, great. Four Yarrick's Fen Lurker. Um, okay. Three Ayara, first of Loch Thwain. Three Murderous yeah. Rider. Uh, four Dread Presence. Um, three Rankle Master of Pranks. Two Drag to the Underworld. Four Grey Merchant of Asphodel. One Cavalier of Night. 24 lands. 24 lands, seven, or 17 swamps, three Castle Lock Thwain, and four, yes, four, Witch's Cottage. Um, I love that. So, I love that one. Uh, so it was fun. And then the sideboard was four Underworld Dreams, a Shadow Spear, three Duress, four Agonizing Remorse, one Erebos Intervention, and two Farika's Libation. So that mm-hmm. was my... That was my deck I played, and so round one, I lose in pretty decisive fashion to, like, a Golgari uh, escape, uh, which I want to call Gargano escape, which all of my wrestling nerd fans are very happy with. Um, but it's Golgari escape. Basically, get a Pelucranos out really, really fast, and then just start pinging your board, and uh, yeah. then kill you. And I lost Holy very fast to that. And I was like, okay, well... That's kind of where I expected to be today. So I wound up in the 0-1 bracket. Um, mm-hmm. And then round two, I played against one of uh, Trout's folks, um, who admittedly was throw- was playing a very slapdash, <laughs> you know, a middle school kid deck. Um, sure. So I kind of rolled him over. Um, but then the next round, I played against Blue-White Control. <laughs> and that's where things started to get fun. Uh, because I played against Blue-White Control, and I beat Blue Eye Control in two games very decisively. Uh, I cast a Gray Merchant for eight in both games. That's good. Um, and uh, post sideboard, Underworld Dreams got there. Um, like, very much stuck in Underworld Dreams. And they kept going, uh, I'll draw a card and then I'll play an Omen and I'll draw. Yes, and I'm like, yes, you'll take a damage. Trigger, 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 trigger. Just kept triggering. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, they played uh, Teferi and they had to bounce my Underworld Dreams because they were trying to force me to replay it so they could counter mm-hmm. it with Absorb. I yeah. held it. I got two spells absorbed because I just kept putting on pressure with spells. They eventually had to use all their Absorbs. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to stick the Underworld Dreams and kill them with it. And uh, that was awesome. So I was like, I beat a real deck. Oh, my God. My stupid deck beat a real deck. And I was really happy with that. Uh, And then the next round, I played against Mono Red. And let me tell you something. Uh, You know what's really good against Mono Red? Timoret, chosen from death. Timoret's good against Mono Red. Mm -hmm. Ayara's good against Mono Red. Uh, Dread Presence is good against Mono Red. And you know what's better than Dread Presence against Mono Red? What? Two Dread Presence on the battlefield. (laughs) against mono red so like uh basically i was able to you know i mean i just have a lot of little incidental life gain here and um it's a lot of ways to like take them uh, take the game away from them and i mean like you know a two star blocker you know devote you know equal to devotion to black is pretty damn good against them when you've got seven devotion it's like yeah you can't deal damage with any of your creatures um and all their burn is in sets of two so like even playing Timurat on turn two after you play a Gutter Bones, like they're not going to get to stomp it or shock it ever. And by the time they're eventually right. getting to bigger amounts of burn, you're like, it's turn three, and I've played another thing. Like that card very quickly becomes a two seven 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty wild. Um, oh yeah, I mean, and obviously against blue white, like seven uh, targeted discard spells is pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was able to to do pretty well against that. But they yeah, the mono red deck uh, didn't do very well against me, so I beat that in two games, and then final round. Uh, that was 3-1, and I played against a uh, five-color Niv-Mizzet deck. Ooh. And, um, and they got me, or I got them on turn on game one. Uh, I can't remember exactly how. I think it was actually, it might have been Gary got there, but I can't remember. Um, then game two, they got a turn three Niv. Yep. <laughs> yep, these things happen. Triple, uh, triple goose and um, triple fat goose and... Um, and then uh, Niv Mizzet, I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I, I didn't spend very much time after. I maybe let one more turn happen before I went. You know mm-hmm. what? Let's try game three. So yeah. <laughs> went to game three, and um, pretty sure I think I gray merchanted them out for lethal. And so I wound up four one. I wound up in third place, which meant standings meant nothing in this yeah. event. Um, but four one with my decidedly rogue deck. Um, for the sake of fun was a very mm. good feeling. I was very happy with yeah. that. Um, got a crucible, and, uh, got nine packs. Yeah. Yeah. Nine Perfect. packs. I didn't really open anything of value, but I wasn't there for value. Like, again, I was there to have yeah. fun and, and play some games. Um, and you know, wins obviously are icing on the cake, Yeah, but the cake is the part with the substance and the cake was getting to play magic on a Saturday yep. instead of work. Yeah. So, uh, very, very satisfying. Um, love to hear it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And like, and it was so funny. So, Oh yeah. Against the mono red, was it the mono red guy? Yeah. Against the mono red guy, uh, between games one and two, he goes and he, he's sideboarding and he pulls out a piece of paper and I'm like, let me ask you a serious question, man. I was like, do you actually have Mono Black Devotion on that piece of paper? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I was like, because I nice. literally, I didn't, like I said, I didn't look at a single list. I kind of just went, here are the cards I have. Like, people kept mm-hmm. going, why don't you play Erebos? I'm like, don't have any. Why don't, don't you play this? Any. Don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, <laughs> if it's, I'm like, if, it, if I didn't show it to you in the list, it's either because I don't have it or I already considered it and decided it wasn't going in the deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but I but I really I really wanted so the the things I really wanted to do was I really wanted to try Dread Presence, which I performed about as well mm-hmm. as I hoped it would. Uh it was pretty yeah, good. Three, 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 right? three three when you play a for a black and three, when you play a swamp, uh you draw a card and lose a life, or it deals two damage to any target and you gain two life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of utility there. Uh, I did wind up boarding it out like half the time, but mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely great when I stuck it because it also can turn sideways. That's the thing you don't even. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, oh yeah, swing with my little engine. You know, I'm like <laughs> the little engine that could uh, get in there for three. Why not? Um, so it was pretty cool, and I had a lot of fun playing it. I don't know what changes I would make. But uh, if you're looking for something that's a little left of center, oh, and you know the other thing I wanted to point out about it is that Timoret just is inherently really good against escape cards. Yep. So um, you exile two cards from graveyards for a black and one. You gain one life for each creature card exiled this way. So you know, on top of being a brick wall for the red deck, it also gets rid of their Phoenix of Ash. So um, <laughs> 
Yeah, they were not very happy. I mean, like I delicious. Mean, you know, delicious. they were definitely good sports, but you know, it was not a it was not a good day for them. Yeah. <laughs> and then Witch's Cottage. So the cool thing about Witch's Cottage and Dread Presence is Witch's Cottage is a swamp. So you play Witch's Cottage, yep. and uh, you get both triggers. You can resolve the draw a card, lose a life trigger, or you can resolve the Witch's Cottage first and then resolve the Dread Presence, draw a card, lose a life, and just That's get your card nice. right back in hand. And usually if it's your fifth land and they've already swept your board with Grey Merchant, you can play your Grey Merchant. So um, I didn't get well, to and- rebuy any Grey Merchants, but mm-hmm. Yorok's Fenlurker, I rebought a whole bunch, and <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> um this so, list sounds uh, sweet. I've played played a similar, th- similar thing in Pioneer, and the only big change you get in Pioneer is Thoughtseize, which is powerful, and Whip of Erebos. Yeah. But the oh, you yeah. know doing doing Iara with Grey Merchant, where you can like put it into the graveyard and then get it back somehow. That's a, I've, yeah. I found that interaction to be really powerful, even in Pioneer. And yet yeah, doing the Witch's Cottage plus the um, the three three for four to like draw it immediately. That that sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a pretty cool interactions there that I think are getting overlooked. I'm not saying this card is better than all the real decks, but like if you're looking for something fun and relatively cheap to build and play, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Knight of the Ebon Legion's a little pricey. Castle Lockthwain's gone up. Yeah. I got them for like two bucks each, but like they've they're actually worth money now. Yeah. Murderous Riders worth a little bit. Rankle, but these cards also the cheap are in other formats, so. Right, exactly. So yeah, you you're getting something that's going to be good longer than just this standard yeah. uh, standard rotation. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it was very cool. Um, now uh, you are a big fan of the uh, Niv to Light deck in Pioneer, and I got to play against I am. Is it? I I don't think I've ever have I ever actually played against that card before uh, Saturday. I don't know. But um, the card is great. But I know it's I know it's good. Yeah, and uh, I think this guy said that he actually in this. Sorry, this good. is in standard. Uh, he uh, said he actually drew seven cards once off of it, <laughs> which is yep. I've I've hit I've hit eight. I've hit eight on stream before. That's a good one. That's amazing. So so you've been a big fan of this uh, yep. of this uh, Niv to Light deck. Oh yeah. So. Tell me a little bit about it. So, so what's sure. what's the deal with it? I always thought Bring Delight was a pretty cool card, but I always thought it was kind of expensive, and you know you'd have to really uh, finagle your uh, mana base to yeah. to get it to maximally pay off. But that seems like the part of the point of this deck, right? Yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you my I'll give you my history with the the Niv Mizzet and Bring to Light um, lifestyle. Um, so I originally started playing it in Modern before Pioneer was announced um, when Niv was printed. Because I was just like, it's an FNM. This card seems sweet. We'll figure out how to make the mana base work. Just played a bunch of fetches and shocks and, you know, some birds of paradise and, you know, hope. You just hope that everything works and play two or three card from every guild. And deck was deck was fine. Um, but Niv-Mizzet's really powerful. You find out very quickly with this deck that, like, Niv-Mizzet is just Moldrifter that goes to the gym consistently. Just imagine... <laughs> Imagine your Mole Drifter wasn't a 2-2 and instead Swole was a 6-6. Yeah. Swole Drifter! 6-6 six, six draws you 4 or 5 always spells kind of thing. Like, that's really powerful. And at that point, I just wanted to figure out how you can maximize that deck to do that. Um, and then we got Modern Horizons come out, which made the deck great in Modern, um, other than the fact that Hogak and all of the other mistakes in Modern... Um, <laughs> 
the mana base for that deck got super clean very quickly. Prismatic Vista letting you get any of your five colors and not being that painful is really nice. And Arkham's Astrolab made the mana basically just free. Just that yeah. deck's mana base is super easy. Um, recently in Modern, I've been messing around around with no astrolabs version of the deck which is much more aggressive on using like utopia sprawl and uh, bird of paradise or search for tomorrow for making the mana fixing work and in modern you really just want to get that niv in play on turn three because you know while you are still an interactive mid-range deck you do need to just win games in modern and a six six flyer wins the game pretty quickly um pioneer is was then and um, created and i 48 hours into that format being announced and on magic online i had um taken my first 5-0 trophy in the pioneer league uh, nice. with five color niv and i had figured out the mana base for that deck and it was just a bunch of planeswalkers and oath of nissa was my trick to make the mana work and then they banned that out from under us yep. and i i then refigured out the mana base you just play once upon a time it's super Breezy if you play once upon a time and then they ban that away from us and now we are to where we are today in pioneer um the deck is very very powerful though um one important thing i will say is when a lot of people look at the five color niv decks they are wondering why don't you play cards that are um all gilded you know like gilded goose and sylvan carry added are cards that people will look at and go you can't get this off niv why is it in here um it's important to remember that you do need to be doing things in the game before you play niv mizzet and right because of that like it doesn't matter if those cards are gilded or not because if you're just not doing stuff before that you will die sylvan carry added is probably the best card in the deck it's yeah it's, it's hexproof right it's hexproof and it's an o3 right so it blocks everything like like basically the best card in the matchup against like mono black or red is just play carry added. My man is a lot better now and I'm never taking combat damage. Like it's, it's a brick wall against some decks. Um, and then for the gilded things, you don't need to have something for every guild. Um, but generally you want to make sure the cards that are gilded are cards that are good to get after you play Niv because at that point, like when you draw four cards off Niv, if they're all things like, you know, Abrupt Decay and Dreadbore, if that's the only thing you've got, you're not making any more forward progress. So things like Teferi, Time Raveler, very good in the deck because it, it lets you continue to put some pressure on um, while also being an okay card to have before you have Niv. Um, Wait a minute. Hold on. So are you telling me that Teferi's good? Teferi, Teferi is phenomenal. <laughs> also... Do you remember what the plus one on Teferi is? Yes. How do you think it works uh, with Bring to Light? Uh, oh my goodness. It works so, the way you want it to. I'll let you know that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So so that's the, the plus one is you can play stuff anytime you can play an instant. Yeah, right? so you can play sorceries. sorceries at instant speed. Right, right. So the the like the most <laughs> consistent way that Niv game Games go is like turn one tap land, turn two Sylvan carry at it. Like I'm not getting hit. 
Turn three, you play Teferi, you bounce one of their two creatures. They still can't hit your Teferi because you have this Sylvan carry added. And then turn four, when they go to combat to try and kill your Teferi, you just go, before blockers, I'll make five mana, I'll bring to light, I'll put a Niv into play, I'll eat one of your attackers, my <laughs> Teferi will live, I've drawn four cards, and this game is no longer losable. Um, important thing to remember about the Niv deck is Niv has to hit cards that are exactly two colors, so it can't right. grab a Niv, but it right. can or, grab um, a Bring to Light. That that was the one thing. So uh, we'll have a link in the show notes to uh, to Paulo's article on sure. uh, five color Niv Mizzet, um, and he's um, it's on Star City Games. But you know, they're the way their uh, premium works now is that all their premium articles are free after a week. This one came out on February 5th, so it's totally free. You can read it without having to pay money. And uh, so one of the things that he mentioned, uh, just kind of going back to your point about, you know, Niv can't draw Niv, is that there are a lot of people who run Siege Rhino in this deck, even though mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, you can't draw that off of Niv yeah. it, and he doesn't understand why anybody would run that card in this deck. Yeah. Do you agree with that? So so that card was good for a little while. It was really good when people got aggress- aggressively mid-rangey with each other. Like, you know, when Big when big Red was everywhere and people were pulling up, like, mono black deck to have a few later game things. Because, like, playing a Siege Rhino on turn four and gaining some life and having a big attacker and then also being able to later in the game go, oh, my opponent's low on life. I can actually just bring to light and get a Siege Rhino just to lightning helix my opponent like that that line comes up more than you might think um but it's it's definitely not an auto include if you could hit it off niv it might be an auto include but sure being how it is now it it comes in and out yeah like back when back when pioneer was a fair format yeah yeah i get it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two months a, ago yeah now you got a bunch of combo decks mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that uh i think that joey's going to uh get into yeah uh, next time i I will say Um, well first of all paulo um the reason why we're talking about paulo's uh, um talking about niv is he did top eight one of the players tours um and he was playing niv and he was like the only person who did well on niv um you know uh, a month and a half ago niv randomly came out of the woodworks for pioneer and became like F not the top deck, one of the top decks right before Theros came out. And um, this was going to be like its players tour to finally show that it's a real deck. And then all these combo decks came out. Hmm. And the generic builds of Niv do not do very well against it. Um, I will say that I've had a lot of success recently with Five Color Niv and Pioneer. Um, but, you know, I'm playing Thought Erasure and Thought Season the main deck. Because, like, those cards are fine or thought sees it's more than fine but like those cards <laughs> have have some very very real power to them and you know thought erasure also is a card that you can grab off of niv so exactly yeah. that's good yeah it, it, yeah decks will adjust and i'm still not sure how i feel about i haven't played much pioneer in the past okay. couple weeks since uh since inverter and breach became like the big bads the inverter um, deck is really format. cool the inverter deck I think is it's a, awesome. Yeah, I think it's a really cool deck. Um, you know, a lot of people are anticipating some sort of ban, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened in the past two weeks. 
Um, doesn't seem like it would happen anytime soon. So this is our new reality. You yeah. know, we've got to deal with these decks. So it's nice to see decks adjusting and yeah. fixing I think, their, you know. I think everything will be fine. Like the, um, the not through the Breach, uh, Breach from the Underworld deck, it's very Underworld powerful. Breach. Yeah. Underworld Breach. Um, it's a very powerful deck, but it kind of laughably gets crushed by Dampening Sphere. Um, because, you know, their, their turn three play every game is, you know, play an ancient, uh, not ancient, Sylvan Scrying, play a Sylvan Scrying, go get Lotus Field, play Lotus Field, I'm tapped out, go. And if you just get to go Dampening Sphere, your land taps for a colorless. And also, like, even if you just had enough lands after that to combo, it just cost a bunch to combo. Um, of course, you still need to, like, end the game quickly, because eventually they will find, like, a Fae of Wishes and Granted and go grab a thing to take off the Dampening Sphere. So, like, you still need to win this game eventually, but Dampening right. Sphere does a ton of damage to them. Or yeah. Eidolon of the Great Rebel, while we're on the topic of things that do really good against that deck. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just like every combo deck, you know? Put, put up some resistance, don't let them just go off on turn three or four. But don't let them get to turn 12. Like, <laughs> yeah. win this game. End it. End it. Like, right. That, that, was, that was kind of why, like, so my buddy Lloyd from back east, um, mm-hmm. you know, we used to play, back when I actually did play Commander, um, we used to play Commander, and he would always build the most, like, busted, like, he would, I can't remember the, the combos, but he would do combos that would just mill the entire table out in one turn sure. but like we let him get the turn 15 to do that you know what i mean like yeah. and i never felt bad about it because it took him a long time to set up and yeah. none of and we all knew it was coming and we all got busy with our little squabbles you know and yeah. so he comboed out the whole table and i was like well what did you think was gonna happen we ignored mm-hmm. lloyd you know like mm-hmm. lloyd knows that if you know or we all know that if we ignore lloyd we're all gonna lose to lloyd so yeah. um you know so that was just the reality of the thing but yeah so yeah you don't let a combo deck uh live long enough to combo yeah. Um, a, and then also, I, also I think that, argue, like, I don't think that Demir Inverter deck, I don't think it's really a combo deck. Like, that deck reminds me a lot of Splinter Twin in all of the good ways that a Splinter Twin deck existing. Like, it's really is just a control deck that also has this, like, two card, you know, oops, I kill you kind of thing. That deck, that deck yeah. is aggressively controlly. Just counter your yeah. things, discard spells. Like, I'm yeah, excited for that one to stay around, hopefully. Yeah, it plays language. Yeah, I, I, it it <laughs> might yeah, get Dig Through Time banned. Huh? It it might get Dig Through Time banned. If, if there's yeah, a deck that can I, get Dig Through Time banned, it's this one. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You know, it's like, okay, we let you have it. Y'all were having fun with it. Y'all were playing nice. Mm-hmm. But now you're not playing nice anymore. We're taking your toys away. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of that sort of thing. Um and again, like, you know, it's like, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but it's like, okay, Demir Inverter, how do you beat that deck? Well, you deal with the card that's in the title of the deck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> get, uh, what's it, Inf- like Infinite Obliteration or Lost Legacy there, Inverter, 
and then they're just Demir, and that's cool. You know, yeah. there's still a good deck, mm-hmm. but it, you can beat Demir. You know, if you can't yeah. beat Inverter, get rid of Inverter, and then just like Lotus Breach. Okay, figure out a way to deal with Breach mm-hmm. or Lotus Field. You know, and, and so you know, and I think that like, you know, the things we're talking about are definitely ways to do that, and and, and I think that like. I think both decks with enough adjustment mm-hmm. can stay in the format. Um, but again, yeah. making them less consistent is probably not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's just that dig through time have... is like working triple duty in the deck because not only right. is it finding the two card pieces, it's got the sicko line of, Oh no, I have to delve away these six cards in my graveyard that I don't want in my library after I play inverter. Like that's <laughs> exactly, that's the sicko part is that like it... on turn five, you just go, Oh, at the end of your turn, I'm going to exile my whole graveyard and I'm going to find, Oh look, here's an inverter and here's the six land so that I can play inverter and this, uh, Thassa's Oracle. And it's like, cool. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. So, you know, I have again I haven't played enough Pioneer to really be like sick of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but uh but I'm I'm not I'm not exactly sure a band's necessary um because there still hasn't been much time for the format to adjust. Yeah. And I don't own any copies of Inverter. That's what I always tell people okay. is that if you if you're advocating for a deck to stay in the format, you probably are trying to play it in that format. Mm-hmm. I own zero copies of Inverter. I, in, I own zero copies of Thassa's Oracle. I own one copy of Underworld Breach, but I'm not trying to build Breach, and I'm not trying to play That's Breach. So, I so think it's really cheap so if you're I, wanting to. I own all those, those cards, or I own none of those cards except for one Breach, mm-hmm. and I don't think the cards should be banned. So yeah. there you go. Look at that. Look at me proving or disproving my own point so good um okay so lastly um i just wanted to kind of talk about the hunter burton open that's coming up awesome um do you want i mean uh, the floor is yours if you would like to if you would like to promote this event now perfect go for so yeah i would love to um so anyone who doesn't know uh the hunter burton memorial open is an event that um we started running, uh, this is the seventh year, I want to say. Um, and it's a, it's a event in which we raise money for suicide prevention. Um, but we also play some sweet magic. We get some great commentators to come in. Um, I don't know if we've got all of the commentators tied down, but here's the things that I can tell you. Saturday, we'll start the main event. It's a $10,000 modern event. Um, the winner will get a player's tour invite. Uh, there will be a standard 1K that day. There will be a Pioneer 1K that day. Uh, on Sunday, there's a f- another $5,000 event that has a PT invite. Um, we have a, a modern 1K that day. We have the Legacy 1K. Uh, we have the Jeff Sandy Chaos Sealed, which I am hoping not to be playing Be playing in. I hope he's still in the main event, but if I'm not in the main event, I'm playing some Chaos Sealed. Chaos Sealed is Important. definitely the best event there important point um that you didn't bring up is that the second day is pioneer the second day is pioneer the main event day two is it yes it is i I mean i I actually looked at it uh because i wasn't sure because i knew that there was a i knew there was a ptq okay at the open but um but yeah like uh saturday main event modern um sunday main event pioneer 5k wpnq pro tour qualifier presented by docs games and comics no that's another event there's on main 
Yeah, so there's, it there's says main a, event. There's a main event on Saturday, and the main event will be a two-day event. The t- day two, top 64 players advanced five additional rounds of Swiss, and then cut to top oh, eight. Oh. There is al- there's also another PTQ that is a Pioneer event, I believe. That's what it is. Hosted okay, by Doc but it's... Right, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah. that's why I was very confused. I was like, so both events are one day? But, no, um, okay, no, no, no. that makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Because it does say under that, and I missed that, yeah. that the Saturday Modern Main Event Day 2. Yeah, you So can. there is... That's it. That's what it is. So I was really excited, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool. I mean, it is cool that... Um, oh, yeah, that Day 2 would be pioneer right but i mean yeah. so but de- on day two there is a second mm-hmm. main event yeah. pioneer 5k so that's cool I'm, I'm actually coming to play in that perfect um because i know so, modern's uh, not everyone's favorite cup of tea right now it's not uh, mine <laughs> and i'll be playing in it and i'll be playing niv because i'm a glutton for punishment but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah so i mean i'm definitely coming to play in the in the pioneer um so mm-hmm. uh, so I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, but yeah, the um, I really wish because I really want to play Pioneer because I don't have a I haven't had a chance uh, to play much Pioneer in paper. So that's like mm-hmm. why I'm trying to take every chance I get. Oh yeah, Pioneer's and the week great. before that, the week before that also is a uh, Common Ground Games uh, Pioneer PTQ. Awesome. So nice, a nice little warm up event on the 21st um, for the. Uh, Sunday is the twenty. Oh, so Sunday is the twenty ninth. So the I. Oh, I guess okay. Never mind. That makes sense. Um, Common grounds, I think, is on a twenty on a Saturday, mm-hmm. but this one is you know Sunday the twenty ninth, um, which I think I need to adjust because I think I asked for the wrong day off for one of those. Oh no! <laughs> um, oh no! Oops. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad I looked at this. Um, but the Zan Zanman Chaos Sealed event is something that I'm like just. Uh, just really glad that they do mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, Xanman would have loved this. Yeah. And uh, Chaos Sealed is, is awesome. Uh, and the playmat is is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, you good. So, yeah, so this event's coming up. And uh, you can register online, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that something you can do? Yep. There are registrations online. Um, there are, I believe, there are registrations for every single event, including the Jeff Zandy Chaos Sealed. Uh, I believe it is capped at a sixteen-person event for that one, uh, but everything else. And it's a hundred bucks to enter. So yep. just so, so y'all know, um, you know, it's uh, players receive six randomized boosters from Magic's Pass, including at least one mystery booster, which um, is awesome. <laughs> If, if you haven't got to go out to a Magic Fest and do one of these mystery um, booster drafts, they are phenomenal. I have not had the chance. Um, I'm hoping – so I, I'm going to um, Grand Prix Houston okay. in April. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to that. I've already paid for it. I've already booked my uh, my Airbnb. What format is it? Um, it's uh, it's lim- it's sealed. So it's a, it's a, it, so Ikoria comes out on the 24th. Oh. And the event is on the 25th. Oh. Um, and, yeah, so... Um, I might have to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's one of those things, like, I'm, I've been real busy with school. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, there's parts of me that feel like I shouldn't go. But, like, man, like, 
if Zanman was still here, yeah. we would have drove down to this thing, no question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, it, and and so I just feel like I I'm obligated yeah. to go to this um, and play some sealed. Um, so so like I am so I'm going. Yeah. And uh, and I, I'm hoping I can make day two. I'm hoping I can you know beat down on some fools with some behemoths. I don't even know what that means yet, but we're going to find out soon enough. Um, and, and make day two. Yeah. Uh, but if I don't, I have a couple, a couple little uh, alternate plans in mind. So obviously being able to play in one of the mystery booster drafts is mm-hmm. something I, I re- is, is it a draft or are they doing sealed with this? Yeah, so it, it's a draft format. Um, and uh, okay. the packs are at, at super the weird. Right. Like, so there's, there's a, a test print card which are right. fake magic cards that do weird right. things. Um, but then in addition to that, the packs have just, I, I want to say the card selection pool is like 1,200 cards or something. Like it's a deep, <laughs> deep run of stuff and it's super well put together. Cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I really want to, I really want to get a chance to play with uh, some of that, but here's the other cool thing that has nothing to do with magic. Okay. Turns out, the XFL championship game is it that weekend? Is going to is going to be in Houston on Sunday the twenty sixth. So if I don't make day two of this event, I am very tempted to just try and swing a ticket yeah. to the XFL championship game. Awesome, uh, because I mean, like, first of all, uh, the XFL. I feel like it's getting a, getting a pretty good buzz oh, online. Yeah. I'm a big wrestling nerd, so so I, I like to see uh, support Vince McMahon stuff like and all this. that he does. Yeah, well, no, not everything because <laughs> the Saudi Arabia sure. deal. Sure. There's some stuff that he's done that's 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 quite not worth supporting. Um, Linda McMahon was in the Donald Trump cabinet. There's a lot yeah. of that. We could go to a whole other road with that conversation, but. Uh, but it's it, it's it's interesting to me. Um, Dallas is one I, and one, so you know we're one and one. We got our first win on Sunday, which I haven't been able to watch because I don't have all the channels. But uh, I think the Roughnecks and uh, the Renegades play next weekend, and I actually I think that one actually is on mm-hmm. a channel I have, so I'll be able to finally watch my Dallas Renegades. Uh, Let me hit you with this. Play a mat. Let me hit you with huh? this. What's you up? have access to it because they live stream all the games on youtube really yep. i watched I, I watched my dallas team on youtube oh my god it's phenomenal. i did not know that cool from the xfl well, live yeah they're they're phenomenal it's great oh my god that's so they're cool. doing a lot and of I'm stuff really well you're a fan i'm glad to hear you've got the right team um so <laughs> so anyway the final's gonna be down there so i'm like wow you know like so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff happening uh y'all should get down to houston end of april uh that last weekend and and, and check it out because there's gonna be some fun stuff yeah. going down um so so yeah so but but getting back to what we were actually talking about before i went on that <laughs> tangent um the hunter burton memorial open is on march 28th and 29th and the main event is on saturday mm-hmm. the 28th yep. um 50 bucks to pre-register um you know competitive rel ten thousand dollars at stake um all kinds of uh oh wow top 32 gets a promo cryptic that's cool yep. Um, and, um, and, uh, doing the watch again this year, I'm guessing. Uh, I believe, yeah. Uh, every year we have done a crazy 
thousand plus dollar watch for the winner. Um, and I, I see no reason why that will have ended. Um, and I, I know that if that watch has not been selected yet, when it is selected, there will be a bunch of promotion showing off the shiny piece of bling you get to rock around. Um, and nice. then, as always, we will update the trophy. Um, every year we have the top eight players um, put on to the trophy. And I believe that is currently at Madness Games and Comics. Um, but I, I would have to check on that. Fair enough. Um, now, will anyone th- uh, throw the trophy off of the roof into a pool? No. <laughs> no. Because that, um, that's a great story. Uh, I think that was uh, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Perfect. Or, uh, th- threw the Stanley Cup off of the roof trying to throw it into a pool and totally missed and dented the Stanley Cup. Brutal. So, um, <laughs> right? Oh my god. But like but it's you know, it's the same one. So it's dented. It's it's the, it's that like that forever. Good. Um good. So anyway, well, lots of good magic coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um and we're going to wrap up here. Uh Joey'll be back in 2 weeks, I hope. I hope too. Uh if he's still sick in 2 weeks and we got we got some bigger problems here than recording a magic podcast. Yeah. Um, Get well soon, but he Joey. should be fine. Uh, yes. Um, and Lawson, it has been great talking to you today. Yeah. I'm so glad you were able to come on the show um, because, you know, I, 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 I'm happy. I got that. I told you I don't like having guests mm-hmm. very much, but I, I'm very happy to have you on. Perfect. Um, you know, you're welcome back anytime. And like, uh, and, you know, I mean, but more, more importantly, thanks for, uh, uh, you know, saving our butts this week with Joey uh, not feeling good. So yeah. it, it really worked out <laughs> more talk, than just. Uh, I can talk an hour of magic at any point for any reason, no matter who I'm with. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> the apple does not fall have, far from. I have a very particular call. set of skills. Very. <laughs> I love the joke. I don't know who told that joke, but I love the joke where it's like, well, taken three, you figure after three movies, the guy's just a bad parent. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so anyway, I forget who said that, but, uh, credit to them, credit to them. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that's about, that'll about do it for us. Perfect. Uh, so that's all we've got. Uh, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. And make them have it. We are-